Base News Network, we are here again with a Fantasimo episode of Base News Network. We got lots of fantastic news this week regarding a cool autism study about art, mm-hmm. which we're going to get to. Mm-hmm. We've got Harry Styles, more de- again, more Harry Styles. Every episode, we got some new news on him, so yeah, bear with us. I know, but it's it's fun. But uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. depressing stuff later on as well. The good, just a good old fashioned classic week of news. So let's go ahead and actually get started with the. I would like to get started with the autism study. Um, if if you uh, let me see where I get here. Okay, so this this is a study that I th- I thought was really interesting um, for multiple reasons. It's called differences in art appreciation in autism. A measure of reduced intuitive processing and this is a study that was that's in the that was just released this month in the journal of autism and developmental disorders so this is like a peer-reviewed official kind of study yeah, here I, be, I, I read that every every week yeah well you know we're always my favorite thing to read always reading the journal of autism and developmental disorders is <laughs> a classic journal of course right uh right. And so basically this, I thought this was, what I liked about the study was it, it, first off, I do think it's kind of helpful for me as someone who doesn't have autism. I think it does a good job of kind of helping me kind of grasp what it might be like to be someone with autism and like how their kind of thought process works. And then also Mm -hmm. it is about like, how do people with autism versus people without autism process and interpret and appreciate art, which as a YouTuber who reviews music all the time and I'm constantly thinking about and analyzing art and also as someone who's like very closely kind of tapped into the Twitter, Discord, whatever kind of online internet music community, which does have obviously a lot of people with autism who love music and a lot of people right. with autism who make really good music as well. Um, I don't know. It's. I just thought it was kind of interesting. So basically, what they did in the study here was. Uh, so what the study is saying is that there's kind of two parts to a, a person processing art. There's the first part when they kind of just see the art and they have this initial intuitive emotional reaction, like literally in the in the first few seconds of seeing an art. So you can kind of think of like you see a painting of a, a woman caressing her baby you might have like that immediate emotional kind of reaction of like oh that's adorable yeah i mean my estrogen just goes up you know exactly exactly i don't know about you but no not not for me for me i my my uh i just become a protector all of a sudden um who who just wants to go um anyways uh (laughs) sorry sorry, am i getting i don't know but and then there's the the (laughs) second part of processing art which is the the more like analytical part which is kind of like, okay, I'm going to look at the curves of the lines and like what, you know, what colors are they using? The more like, you know, you've got past the emotion, the emotional, and now you're kind of getting a little bit more analytical and kind of like, I don't know, a little bit more logical with like kind of how you process the art. So uh, the theory kind of behind the study, like the hypothesis was that like people with autism, their kind of intuition I guess you could say with like kind of being able to detect certain emotional situations, it just doesn't work the same way it you know it it does. And people with not with who don't have autism, it, they they kind of have to lean a little bit more on their more analytical kind of way of understanding the world. So, for example, if there's like a so, a social circumstance where you and I can kind of detect that you know, in their voice, you can kind of tell they're uncomfortable or something like that. You you know, maybe we can kind of intuitively, intuitively tell there's something uncomfortable. Someone with autism, maybe it mm-hmm. does, they don't necessarily, intu- they don't intuit that as easily and they have to kind of think a little bit more, read the social, you know, try to read people's faces a little bit harder and try to understand what like, That's fascinating. you know, so now, now you get to this, the study with art and they're trying to see, they're trying to use this kind of like, a, you know, this understanding of people consuming art, their initial reaction to the art and then the the more an- analytical kind of part of understanding art uh to see if it kind of like differs in people with autism with versus people with who don't have autism and what they did was they had this like panel of art experts divide art into what they considered high quality art versus low quality art um that's interesting yeah like, yeah wonder what that job would be like like 
I have no clue. I mean, it's a very long study. I'm sure somewhere in like the methodology they explain it. But what they basically say in the study is that it, it like people who don't have autism, they are kind of like immediately able to like just at first glance, very, very like very high accuracy determine if something is high quality versus low quality art. Um, this is if you don't have autism. And then believe it or not, the, the second part of uh, uh, analyzing art when you're kind of like thinking about it more logically and stuff, you're more likely to get it wrong. Like you, you're more likely to, I guess, like overthink it and then think like a high quality piece of art isn't actually high quality, and like a low quality art is, is act, you know, isn't actually low quality. So like, it's basically saying that like the intuitive part for someone without autism is actually like very accurate for understanding if something's high quality versus low quality art. And of course, art is subjective, so this is just you know whatever, but. Um, basically they found with the study that like people with autism aren't really able to very accurately distinguish between the high quality versus low quality, according to people, according to this art panel, um, uh, while people without autism, you know, their intuition is able to kind of tell immediately. Um, but then if you give them a little bit more time to look at it, then they, they get less accurate with what's high quality versus low quality. And this is just more evidence kind of pointing to this sort of, uh, you know, understanding of autism that there is this kind of like intuition for being able to kind of grasp certain things a little bit more immediately that like people without autism have, and then people with autism have to kind of sit down and kind of uh, mm -hmm. think a little, like think a little bit more analytically about it. So I thought it was really interesting. That is interesting. Yeah, I wonder how that affects like autistic people, like who are artists and like musicians and so on. Like, how does that affect their artistic process? I, you know, that's a, that's the thing I was kind of thinking about. The study is like there was something that kind of was sitting with me a little bit. The whole study is like, I don't really like how they're kind of categorizing like categorizing art or like high quality versus low quality. Yeah, like because confused me. Like it's kind of it's because it is subjective and like I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want this. The the implication of the study is like oh people with autism aren't good at knowing what's good art versus bad art because obviously there is a lot of you know are a lot of very fantastic artists with autism. And one thing that came to mind to me actually was the new Weezer album. Uh, this like it's called Seasons Summer, and um, it got you can't, you can't bring up you can't talk about autism without bringing up Weezer. So. I think this is the ultimate Weezer study. So yeah, it's like <laughs> it's it just I don't know. It's like I feel like the stu the was probably commissioned by Weezer, but oh basically uh, the we the new the new Weezer album when it came out it got really really bad reviews, and when I first listened to it I thought it was pretty bad as well. Um, so I can kind of think of that as like my intuit, my intuition saying, oh, this is bad. It's corny. It's tacky. It's, it's cheesy. It's stupid. Um, and a lot of reviews said that, but then as a music critic, I listened to it like five, six times. And I was like, you know what? This is pretty good. Like the technical abilities <laughs> are really good here. They're playing, they're, they're playing really complex stuff. It's really strange, weird songwriting. Like this is actually a pretty creative, good work of art. So I don't know. I kind of feel like my guess is like okay so if the intu like the intuitive part says it's bad and like art experts who analyze art say it's bad but then like me and my more analytical approach who like kind of thinks about it in a more analytical way says it's good and then there's a lot of Weezer fans who love the album I'm thinking I wonder if there's like you know if people with autism are more likely to like the Weezer album you know what I mean That's that's the real study that we we should look into Yeah Exactly. Um, yeah, that's really fascinating because, like, as a music critic, that means that you're basically going through that process every time you listen to an album, right? Yeah. You're, like, listening to an album, you get your intuitive response, and then as you keep listening, um, that might change. And I imagine that sometimes it aligns with, like, your intuition, but... <laughs> it's funny because like once you're like you've listened to it like several several times and you actually go sit down and do the review the the take that you're you're delivering is is perhaps a more autistic one no 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 literally no seriously i think that i think you put it perfectly like for me the best is when my intuition aligns perfectly with like my more analytical side 
Like, oh, my intuition was mm-hmm. this album sucked the first listen, and then I kept diving in, and it sucked. Okay, cool. Easy review. It's not good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is, is this study is implying that the intuitive reaction to art is like more accurate when it comes to distinguishing art as high quality versus low quality. That the the, the study says mm-hmm. that pretty. So it got me a little nervous. Like, oh man, maybe I need to like revise my my music review process oh, no. to <laughs> to to lean a little bit more on my intuitive first listen rather than like my I guess I don't think no, so. No, I don't though. think so either. Like again, like I, I it's hard it's 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 very interesting because it's it's a very obviously academic, abstract and scientific article. Um, exactly. But like kind of beneath it, like it's all kind of I mean, yes, there is some very valuable insights here about autism and how they're you know, people with autism's brains work when it comes to analyzing art and different situations. But there you know, but then when when you when we're talking about like a, a panel of art experts categorizing stuff as mm-hmm, high quality mm-hmm. versus low quality it does kind of add this kind of layer of bullshit throughout the entire study yeah you know like maybe hey you that, know what that's confusing to me maybe like, it's people who who don't have autism that need to get their shit in order and stop thinking about things in high facts. quality versus low quality maybe people with autism have like an ability to find the beauty in things that you and i who don't have autism would consider low quality yeah. you know what i mean well i'm yeah yeah, yeah. i'm curious like like actual, like actually, like autistic people who maybe read this study, like what do they think about it? Because I imagine maybe I'd be offended a little bit. Yeah, no, ser- I mean that's actually a great point. Um, yeah, uh, I guess I should have probably mentioned that at the beginning of the podcast. Like we're two people who don't have, we're not diagnosed with autism here talking not, about. Not that I know, not that I know of. Not that we know of. We think yeah. sometimes we think a little things about Sophie, um, but. <laughs> Sorry, Sophie. But we don't know. We don't know. We don't know yeah. um, I don't know, Sophie. Maybe you can read this study. Maybe we can have you listen to some albums. I'll send you some bad albums, and you can tell me if you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> All right. Um, Tones and I, great, great album. Oh no! Um, oh no! All right. Well, yeah. Welcome to the Madhouse. Great, great work. Yeah. I find autism extremely fascinating, like, and like, cool. Does that make sense? Like, I find autism kind of cool is that weird to say like like the ability of the abilities and like certain characteristics like like the idea of like having a special interest is has been very fascinating to me for a while and like I don't know I think like a lot of autistic people are savants which is like something I admire a lot like being able like being an expert about something very specific and like unique is like really really appealing to me and cool so that almost makes me feel like see autistic people as like like savants of art in in a way does that make sense like like i feel like they have a heightened ability to like appreciate things sometimes i was definitely thinking about that like how do savants fit into this picture like mm-hmm. um i mean because it, it is true though too like you know obviously I know lots of people with autism who very explicitly say that sometimes Mm. having autism kind of sucks to be in a certain social circumstance and not be able to grasp the, the like underlying tensions and stuff the same way that people who don't have autism might be able to grasp more quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know, but it, it is, it is true. Like, you know, like, like, like with the analyzing art thing, like if you have a different process of analyzing art, that definitely opens the door for you to create art with a different kind of thought. Exactly. New insights, new thought process, new approach. And you might create something like avant-garde, you know, or something. So um, experimentation. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I would honestly trust an autistic person's opinion about art more than like a, a non-autistic person. Well, that's, you know what? Maybe not. I don't know. It's just interesting to me. No, after Pitchfork gave the new Weezer album a really low score, and then people uh-huh. with autism liked the new Weezer album, I'm like, all right, yeah, we're 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 having a punk revolution now, where exactly. the the we, we're we're redefining what's good art according like, to we, like the punk revolution. Uh, pu- I mean, punk revolution is like an ally of the autists. I would say so. I would say yeah, so. definitely. I would say it's they're uh, one and the same based off kind of the the kind of community i've seen i've fostered in in, uh, discord so i would love for someone with autism to to read this study and let us know do you agree with it please dm us or do you find it offensive like i would like to know because if if you find it offensive that would be useful to know if you find it just completely factual and just yep that's how it is as autism i'd love to Mm -hmm. know that too um it's 
it's just interesting to kind of get into the the shoes of someone else with like a different kind of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a brain that works a little differently. Because you know, Kyle and I are both like neurodivergent too, but like <laughs> we 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 probably don't have autism, so it's it's a different situation. So exactly, which um, which brings us to our next topic, which is <laughs> I'd say a, a fairly neurodivergent, <laughs> neurodivergent topic, topic, which is don't worry, darling, drama. Uh, featuring Harry Styles. You, you got this one, Soph. Yeah, so um, this is um, a girl topic. Usually, if Harry Styles is involved, it's a girl topic. So um, this is some complex drama. Um, you know, Joan of Arca, I, I kind of... I feel like I'm the the expert here on, like, uh, girl pop culture, so I'm, I'm happy to to take this one on. Um, it's a hard story. I, there was a lot yeah, of twists Kyle and turns. Yeah, Kyle looked into it, too. He did. It's hard, Um, so Don't Worry Darling is like, I think like a, it's a drama that's coming out, very hyped. Um, Florence Pugh, um, pretty good actress, I'd say. She was in Midsommar, she was in, um, I think she was in Little Little Women. Women? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, other stuff, you know, she's a, she's a, a known actress. She's, you know, starring alongside Harry Styles, which was a big deal because like, you know, he was in Dunkirk. He did a little bit of acting, but this was like sort of his his time to shine as like a leading man. Of course, he's a musician, so a lot of people were like speculating as to like how he would do. But um, the kicker here is that uh, Harry Styles is um, dating uh, Olivia Wilde, who is directing the film. So um, it's very clear to a lot of people like, why he was cast in that role because of the relationship um but god i don't even know how to get into this drama it's so complex but um basically right now there's uh, a bit of a feud between florence Pugh, the the uh starring actress and olivia wilde the director and this can mostly be attributed to the fact that um uh there was a leaked uh video of olivia wilde um like begging Shia LaBeouf, who was originally supposed to play Harry Styles' role, to like come back on set. She's like, Shia, Shia, come back. Basically, like it was. I watched the video. It's, it's. I'm sure you, a lot of you guys have too. It's really bizarre. Just basically like saying like, Miss Flo can get over it. I want you back. I'm not ready to give up on this. Um, which is fascinating because she had an interview where she was basically like yeah i had to you know fire shia labeouf because he was you know fostering an unsafe work environment for the actors and the set um and you know he has abuse allegations from like fk twigs and he's just like not a great guy probably so um the fact that you know she was saying one thing and then in this video, you know, like asking Shy to come back. Um, oh, man. It's I can't interesting. believe how, It's like... She's, it's so complex. I mean, it's it's honestly just disgusting behavior to say, oh, yeah, we, we fired this dude because he's an abuser. And then, like, literally there's a video of you begging said abuser to please stay. Like, it's just like, there's no, there's no, like, I don't know. Like, he is... He, he is an abuser. He is an abuser. Firing him because he's an abuser is valid. Um, yeah. But, like, I don't know. This, I, I can't, I don't know. It's just. <sighs> yeah, yeah. And um, according to Shia LaBeouf, who, like, re- shoot a rebuttal against, like, foreign, I mean, uh, Olivia Wilde, was basically, he was basically like, you know, you didn't fire me. I quit because I didn't have enough rehearsal time. So I know it'd be easier for you to, like, blame this on me and say that you fired me but that's not the truth and based on that video that seems pretty accurate um it looked like she was begging for him to come back um when you're in a situation where you get called out as a liar and manipulator by Shia LaBeouf, oh, you who know is an bad. actual abuser, oh, then you know you've you've really, really screwed up. up if, Sh- if you're making Shia LaBeouf look like the like the, the victim in a situation, yeah. yeah, then you. Oh, <sighs> it's just, and of course, like Harry Styles being involved adds like the cherry on top, right? Um, and uh, so, like, 
Oh God, I feel like it's so difficult to cover this. It's so complex, but um, I know, I, I know. We this because like it, the more you dig into yeah. it, the more you you uncover right. of like layers of like Harry. What was it? Harry Styles saying like, "Oh, I've never publicly been with anyone." Oh kind of, yes, and that, we didn't even get into like the whole queer baiting thing. Um, there's like a Rolling Stones article say, calling uh, Harry Styles the king of pop, which um, is interesting, um, and. Uh, there was also like some stuff in the news where he was basically like, you know, we already covered this, like the tender gay sex scene stuff and like sort of how he strings people along by saying like, I've never publicly been with a woman though. He's very much publicly been with Olivia Wilde. He's, it's just, he, okay. So, there's so much controversy surrounding this. Film. He's literally throwing Olivia Wilde under the bus so he can maintain his queer baiting, even though Olivia, Bi- everyone's throwing her. Under yeah, the bus seriously. Now. Well, I mean, I mean, she kind of deserves it. No, it's, it's so funny. It's like Olivia Wilde literally was like begging an abuser to stay on set. I don't know. There's, it's so, it's just like, which is also interesting because, that would mean that Harry Styles wouldn't play that role. That is true. Which yeah. Which goes, which begs a question: was was Olivia critical of Harry's acting skills? Like, was Olivia worried that Harry wouldn't be able to 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 do the job because like he wasn't you know doing he's not a good actor and some some uh, clips from the the movie have been you know released and the public consensus is that he's not he's not good so doesn't it, i wonder if that is part of it doesn't the movie have like a super low score on rotten tomatoes yeah so all of this drama for it to be like a mediocre film that's like not even good it's just i mean maybe it's genius marketing wait, i don't know but wait, like is this related to harry styles like spitting on somebody yes oh my goodness okay well kind of so there's just been so much drama at like all the film festivals and like press tours basically like because Florence Pugh was basically like refusing to go to these press tours presumably because of the feud with Olivia Wilde um and um at one of the like film festivals or like press events I'm not really sure um when Harry Styles like went down to sit by Chris Pine it looked in like in the video he s- was spitting on Chris Pine based on like the way his mouth moved and also Chris Pine's like shocked reaction kind of um but I'm I, I, the again I don't really think he actually spit on him it just looks like it and it's a funny video um but again that put Harry in the press again and now there's just all this like insane like drama and controversy surrounding the 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 build up for this film, you know, and and it seems like the film itself isn't even that good, so it's interesting, you know. I don't know what to make of it, and then there's also the layer to like the age gap between Olivia Wilde and oh, Harry Styles, yeah. and then Olivia. I don't know about I don't know how I, I yeah, that doesn't really bother me that much. I mean, how old, I mean, how old is Olivia Wilde? I think there's just a ten year age difference. Okay, well. It's not that the men do that all the men time. Men do it all the time, like, yeah. Especially in Hollywood, no, no, yeah. No. It's not. I don't find that that odd, to be honest. Um, no, I don't think it's weird. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Like, not. I, I agree. I agree. Mm. It's completely hypocritical that men do it all the time and no one bat, bats an eye. But um, I don't know. It just. It just kind of me. I just to me all this stuff. Just uh, when watching these videos, trying to catch up with all this drama, I was just like. This is like high school drama shit. I don't like any of these people. Yeah. I don't like any of this drama. Like exactly, I don't know. Exactly. It just seems so like petty and stupid, and just like people willing to throw each other under the bus just to like maintain the reputation. And I don't mm. know. Whatever. I mean, hopefully Harry Styles does a better job in what's it called? But I'm a policeman or something like. But policeman. I don't know. No, but I'm a cheerleader. But I'm a cheerleader. Yeah. Sorry, I'm getting the my, my, that's okay. Getting the gay movies mixed up. My, it's, I think it's called My Policeman. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, I um sorry to say, but another clip uh, got released uh, from that film, um, which I did post on Joan of Arca because I found it amusing. Um, it's also not looking too good. So. Is this our third? Maybe maybe I'll be proven wrong. Is this know. our third uh, segment of the third podcast in a row, like involving Harry Styles being oh, a queer God. baiter? Literally every episode we like talk not, about yeah. this. Like, and I feel bad for the listeners, but it's, it's our like, fault, Sophie. We're the, the ones who write the scripts of the podcast, yeah. but um, actually, no. I f- but I also f- I feel like Harry Styles has just sort of dominated pop. Has is dominating pop culture right now. He's the now. king of pop. Um. And it's our it's our job to like cover that and like 
I'm I'm a fan of pop culture. So no, no, no. I, as much as it pains me, it's like it's our job. It's, it's our job. It's the news. It's, it's the, news. the news. Like we're journalists, yeah. and like this is know? the biggest news. There's nothing else that big has happened this past week. Exactly. Exactly. Nothing, nothing else, else that I can recall but, this week that happened. Yeah. Um. And it's honestly, I, I'm I'm happy we've at least shifted to like, um. Elon, because uh, before we were talking about Elon Musk, it's a lot better to talk about Harry Styles. I feel like both are kind of insufferable, Literally. but at least one's. We talk about uh, Kim Kardashian, Kanye, Pete Davidson, Harry Styles. You know, <sighs> we we're addicted. You know. I have to say, it's really funny to me that people like I know with all this drama, people you know they stand various actresses and actors and musicians, blah blah blah. Um, but like, it's so funny that people are like rushing to defend these various people and like saying no this isn't true because this is like i don't know i'm just i'm feeling like a lot of people are very invested in this drama like for me as someone who doesn't care about these people i can just like look back and just kind of like be like what the fudge is wrong with these people they're acting like kids but then like i see like on twitter like actual like defending this person like no you've got you've got it wrong like uh, like there's this like time.com article no. that was like yeah. that was like criticism towards Olivia Wilde is sexist. It was, like that was literally the name of the, the headline and then they which is a bad mostly a bad take because like there's quite literally a video of her like begging an abuser to come back on set um, and star to like star alongside an actress who like, has made it clear that she's uncomfortable working with him, you know, like yeah, yeah, and was like saying in the conversation, oh, don't worry about. How is this that person. feminist? Yeah, no, and you know what? Maybe there is. There's. I mean, I'm sure there's absolutely truth that some of the criticism, for example, like the age gap thing. Okay, that's you can. You, that's sexist, sure. But like to write an entire. There's always sexism with women. Like yeah, that's gonna be duh. everywhere. Yeah, of course there's gonna be fem- sexism. Yeah, but the main criticism of like Olivia Wilde like lying and like. It's not good, you know? No, no. She didn't do a good thing. Um, but back to you were saying about, like, just not caring about these people. I don't particularly care about these people either. But as someone who likes, like, pop culture drama and, like, speculation and gossip, just because I was raised this way, like, again, like, I've talked about blind items before. Um, I find this stuff all very fascinating um, and fun. But, like, fun, you know what I mean? Like, but I'm not a, I don't, like, really care about them, so I'm not, like, defending them online. But that being said, as, as, as annoying as it is, I am enjoying it all unfold. I am enjoying yeah. it, too. I'm enjoying it, too. I mean, after two podcast episodes of us building up, like, um, I don't know, like... Yeah, I think this trolling. means we have to, we have to see the films, and we have to review We're going to review it. Oh, shoot. Yo, wait. When does this movie come out? We got to review I it. I don't... Let me... Okay, I'll ask our fact checkers to look that up quick. Right. Um, uh, don't worry, darling. Darling release date. Um, in theater, September 23rd. Okay. Okay. Gosh, I think I think Kyo, I think we have to review this because like, we will. It would be it would only be fair. We've like subjected all of you guys to to this for so long. We we, we gotta you know give you a, a nice conclusion. So I agree. expect that from us. I wonder if we're gonna be able to. I want. Oh, hmm. Yeah, I feel like actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, I bet this is gonna a movie that this is probably probably gonna do pretty well in the box office. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, because of the drama. I mean, if this is sort of like orchestrated drama to promote the film then it's genius i don't really think it is but i think that it's gonna work like i think people will see it i want to see it you know oh no i want to see it too i'm just really frustrated because i'm getting more and more like like conspiratorial skeptical like why is like i don't know like this it just all seems I don't like why is time.com publishing an article about this? You know what yeah, I mean? Like, I wouldn't expect time.com to cover this. I'm sure thing. like there's freaking PR people who are working. Like when I Google the yeah. Olivia, when I Google the Olivia Wilde stuff, I see a ton of articles about it. And like, I don't know. A lot of it does seem very like, I don't know. Like they're kind of giving a fluffy PR appropriate story of it. And then I go on TikTok and I see someone just get into the dirty deets about here's Shia LaBeouf sending emails about, 
you know olivia wilde lying and right. stuff and it's just like okay i don't know like i'm good i'm sorry it's like is every single freaking article every single publication in the world like have connections to hollywood and they don't want to hurt anyone's feelings so they're giving like pr friendly versions that make these actors look better than they actually are or is it all freaking orchestrated and maybe you and i got trolled into talking about it on the podcast giving it more pr and we literally got we played their hands i have no clue that's a great question i think I think the truth is always in the middle, but um, you, are, you are so you are so moderate with yeah. this, Sophie. I'm gonna I'm having yeah. I'm ready to I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna write an article, uh, saying that I don't oh. like. Yeah, I'll, I'm gonna say I'm gonna write an article saying I don't like any of the other articles because it's all fake. It's all the fake. articles are wrong. It's all, it's it's plastic, and I like real art, like Weezer's debut album, but you don't understand it because you either, exactly. either have to be a professional music critic or have autism to understand how epic the new Weezer album is. And I mean, I think that's most of our audience. So, exactly. All right. Got it. Um, anything else about the Harry Styles drama? I feel like there's so much we could keep going mm, forever on it, but yeah, that's. I think that's like basically the gist of the drama. Harry Styles is really in the media right now because he just, I mean, he kind of recently released an album and now like he's in two films that are kind of like being promoted at the same time. So he's just getting shoved in our face, unfortunately. Oh, so. did you see that? Uh, maybe you already, so uh, did you see that Harry Styles like tweeted when Margaret, Margaret Thatcher died? He like tweeted like, rest in peace, Margaret Thatcher or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I saw that. That's I thought so that was, funny. Yeah, I'm like, you know, Harry Styles strikes me as a type of dude who probably grew up in a conservative household and for him mm. like dressing up kind of feminine is like super like edgy and mind-blowing because he like is from a conservative family but then like for the rest of the world it's just oh kind of like you're not special for dressing flashy <laughs> you know what i mean like that's funny i didn't even think of that i feel i feel like harry St that's true harry styles is like the like the flamboyant wild you know liberal superhero to people who like are liberals who grew up in conservative households who don't oh my god that's literally the perfect way to describe harry styles exactly yeah exactly so and i think that i think the margaret thatcher tweet kind of like was that that like proved that like summed it all up to me like of course you know god, that's so, genius yeah that's genius yeah exactly uh, well, no, I mean, good, you know, good. I'm glad. I'm glad that Harry Styles is finally getting on board. I'm glad that, like, a lot of conservatives are finally getting on board and are cool now with, um, you know, men, men dressing up in, like, pink shirts and stuff. I'm glad that you finally have realized it's cool. But, you know, some of us, some of us have kind of known that for a long time that it's okay. Um, all right. Well, so... enough roasting Harry Styles. I, you know I can do that all day. But next, okay. thing in the, next thing in the news is a little bit more depressing. Um, which is, I don't know, it's kind of interesting because this is, this to me is like a shocking, shocking piece of news. Like one of the big, big historical trends that just, I don't know, can blow your mind. Yeah, but, it blew my mind too when I, when I saw. But not very many people really know about it because it is kind of nerdy, which is the, the life expectancy in the United States have, has dropped very significantly over the past two years. And this has layers to it. Obviously there's been COVID-19. Uh, the CDC, which is collecting these statistics and releasing the data on their life expectancy, says about half of the drop uh, is due to COVID-19 deaths. But there's a few things I want to call out here. One is that, yes, we saw a drop in 2020, and then we saw a further drop in 2021. Just an FYI, in other developed countries, yes, they saw a drop in 2020. But they saw things kind of resume, resume back to normal in 2021. In the United States, it kept dropping. And this is weird because in 2021, we've had the vaccine. So you'd expect it to come back up. But in the United States, it kept dropping. And part of that is obviously because the United States has a bunch of idiots who don't want to get vaccinated. Um, a lot of these deaths are actually due to like op opioid overdose deaths, which you can probably think of as maybe a consequence of life just sucking really bad for the past few years and pushing people more into drug addiction. But I think the even bigger story, though, is not even just the past two years of inc of lower uh, life expectancy from like, I don't know, it's like 76 down now to 74, 73. The bigger story, though, is if, if the, the line of what It's kind of low. It's gotten low. It's gotten low. Yeah. Right, it's actually right now, looking at 2021 data, it's lower than China's for the first time, lower than Cuba, and lower for than Albania's. Uh, but the other thing, too, is you dive into the statistics, and this shouldn't be a surprise for anyone who lives in the United States, is there's like a dramatic, dramatic story of 
inequality where if you look at it by race, you're going to see obviously a huge divergences in life expectancy, you know, in white Americans versus black Americans and native Americans. Uh, So black Americans, let me get the number up here real quick. Okay. According to the CDC, life expectancy of black American men at birth was 66.7 years. So wow. if, so the, if you have the average that's around 73, 74, 66 is a huge, that's like eight, an eight-year difference. And this 60s, wow. yeah, it's a huge difference. And I mean, I think everybody kind of knows there's really bad inequality in America still. But just, just for a little you know comparison, this 66.7 years is lower than the life expectancy of the average person in Pakistan is lower than the life expectancy in China, in Cuba, in Albania, in... Actually, you know what? If you look at the the life expectancy of a upper-income African from Rwanda, you're going to have a higher life expectancy than the average black American. That's how low the like the life and and the Pakistan right now. Just like I said, if you're a Black American, your life expectancy is lower than than Pakistan. Pakistan is a very poor country that is literally one third of the country is underwater right now due to climate change flooding. So uh, it sounds dramatic, and it sounds kind of hard to grasp. And I really want to reiterate. I want I want to really reiterate the reason I brought up the Rwanda example is because I do think there's a tendency in the United States, despite the the history and the dramatic inequality to kind of see those statistics and kind of think maybe some people think, oh, well, you know, if black people aren't living long enough, maybe they just need to eat healthier and like, you know, like as if it's somehow like black people's responsibility. Racist. Yeah, racism. It's racism. Say, yeah, you d- d- dis- dismiss the the inequality and think, well, they're doing it to themselves somehow. Um, but, you know, obviously, like I brought the Rwanda example because if you're – you know, obviously has nothing to do with your skin color if you're a black person who's in Rwanda. Rwanda obviously being a very poor country relative to the United States and you have you have a, lo- a longer life expectancy than a black person in America. Obviously, there's something going on specifically in the United States uh, and also Native Americans actually have an even lower life expectancy that's just on par with like people who live in extreme poverty in some of the poorest places in the wow. world. Um, and yeah, like I said, this is all shocking, insane stuff. Is a lot of this because of like medical racism? Because I've, I know I've read a lot about like that and how that affects life expectancy. Do you think, is that like where a lot of that comes from or are you, are you not sure? I'm, I'm, I'm sure it is. I know one reason why the, the life expectancy in America has always been kind of subpar given how rich America is, is very high infant mortality rate as in babies dying like immediately after they're born uh and a big part of that obviously is lack of health care you know like giving birth is expensive maybe in the united states you're poor and you're thinking oh man i don't want to pay ten thousand dollars to give birth because i don't have health insurance so i'll just do it at home it doesn't have to be this way this is not like uh oh man i wish uh you know, I wish things weren't so bad, but you just got to move on. Like, this is very, very much a the way America is structured with not having free health care, mm-hmm. with uh, very, very terrible inequality that's especially divided amongst racial lines. Yeah. And, and I'm sure, I'm sure, I think the medical racism is a very good, um, you know, I've, I've, I know, I've definitely read stories and I'm sure there's statistics that can back it up on, on uh, black Americans not getting treated as, as thoroughly yeah. and professionally by doctors when they go to There's the hospital. There's like an assumption that like black people don't, that black people can withstand more pain which is not true and also I mean there's also, I've also read about like how like a lot of black women like a significantly like higher percentage of like black women die in childbirth and stuff. And, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'm it's sure that... Really, it's abhorrent. <laughs> it's very disgusting, and, you know, like I said, you, I look at this, you know, China, Cuba, Albania, Rwanda, Pakistan, like, the list goes on of countries I just kind of associate a, as countries with a lot of issues and are literally just statistically much, much poorer than America. And the fact that they they either have 
longer life expectancies of America overall. And then especially once you get down to the the racial lines, it's like Amer- America is, I mean, I've seen people kind of joke about America being like a third world country or whatever with like a, wearing a, a Gucci belt or something like that. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I think this seems like there's a little bit of truth to that. It sure does. And and another thing too, I yeah. wanted to say here is this: the, uh, the 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 life expectancy in the United States has been flat since 2010. Um, so it's been flat, 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 flat. And then the past two years, it's like dropped dramatically. And you know, I just want to you know spell the picture out here. Since 2010, the stock market has done like incredibly. If you put in a thousand dollars in the stock market back in 2010. That would have multiplied probably multiple times by now. Uh, so, Ameri- and so, and you know, technology has gotten better in the past ten years. New medications have come out. Like, there's a lots of technological advances and more wealth in the United States. And this should like all logically translate to longer life expectancies, being able to afford better food. And you're not seeing that. Instead, you're just seeing this like drastic, insane story of inequality and. Uh, America just I don't know just you know it's like a million stories in the news every day about how horrible China is um and how like dystopian it is and now China has a longer life expectancy than the United States which is like pretty dystopian for America without any without a doubt that's awesome yeah (laughs) yeah and I mean I wanted to connect this too to the the story happening in um Jackson Mississippi I'm not sure how many people have seen it in the news, but for the past few weeks, Jackson, Mississippi has uh, not really had running water consistently. So this is actually a story that has been going on for years. I had no clue about it, but in in lots of parts of Jackson, Mississippi, which is the capital of Mississippi, a major city in Mississippi, you have to boil your water before it's safe to use it because wow. of like back did you see that video of like the sink water and it's like yeah. dark brown yeah it's brown it's brown and apparently it literally it looks like coca-cola yeah yeah and apparently it smells like really bad like it smells like urine and stuff it's like you know like so awesome. yeah so so basically for, for 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 years now it's been like a well-known issue that in jackson mississippi they don't have proper running water um, and they've had to boil the, the water because bacteria contaminates like the pipes. Like if the water isn't flowing properly and it's like just stays still in the pipes, it gives opportunity for like bacteria to get in there. So you got to boil the water in order to kill the bacteria so you can drink the water. And this is obviously a huge inconvenience, expensive to buy all the plastic water. And then what happened was in the past few weeks, there was a big rainstorm that like overwhelmed the water treatment facility in Jackson where they they clean out the water so they so the water can flow through the the tap water and the tap water just literally stopped running for for like a, a couple weeks in Jackson Mississippi how the how how do you survive without tap water i don't know you buy a ton of plastic water bottles which is of course expensive i was seeing like photos of like stores though or like that was all sold out and everything too. Yeah, I mean this is I mean this Scary. is water. Yeah, you need water to freaking survive. Like there's there's no, mm-hmm. you know, like this is basic basic bare minimum stuff. And this has been going on for right. you know, years, years. They they've known this is coming and then it kind of hits this climax and then they do get the water running again and it's coming out like brown and mm-hmm. it reeks and it kind of started this whole chain of blame game. Who, you know, who's, is it the mayor of Jackson? Um, is it the, the governor? Is it the, the, you know, federal government? I mean, it does seem to be kind of a, a countrywide, wide issue, but I just, you know, I want to kind of go back to this life expectancy, kind of these kind of life, life expectancy statistics. You might be scratching your head thinking, wow, black Americans have a lower expe- life expectancy than people in Pakistan. Um, just an FYI, even though Pakistan, the, their country is poorer than like Jackson, Mississippi, at least Pakistan has running water. And once you could take into consideration that like, this is like a crisis, not just in Jackson, but in many cities across the country, especially cities that are majority black, Jackson, Mississippi is 80% black. You can start to understand, oh, no wonder there's like, you know, 
extreme poverty level life expectancy yeah. in America for certain races. It's like it all kind of, kind of comes together in a very, very dark picture. So I don't know. I've been feeling very radical this week. Yeah. Yeah. And with, you know, good reason. Um, and something like that interests me, too, is like it's fa- it's fascinating that this hasn't been, you know, covered as much because I think, you know, maybe all the attention went to Flint, Michigan, which mm-hmm according to, uh, as far as I know, still hasn't really been dealt with. I don't know the extent it's been dealt with. I don't know the, I haven't really looked into that recently, but that was definitely the first thing that came to mind is like, wow. Yeah. Wow. You think after Flint, Michigan and what a crisis that was led in the, in the water, um, you know, that America would understand like, Hey, water is a very sensitive thing. And the thing, the thing is, is it's like, this is a smart investment you know what i mean like you put a dollar into yeah you put a dollar like literally from the most like technical it's, it's, cold. i'm sorry but to be frank it's like fucking water like yeah yeah god <laughs> no 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 seriously and I'm, I'm saying like from the most like cold-hearted capitalist conservative perspective like investing in making sure people have clean water is like a no-brainer like you put a you put a dollar into investing in making sure people get water um, you're gonna get many dollars back. Better in pro- productivity. Produ- yeah, yeah. Like I mean, it's disgusting to think of think of it in this term. Yeah, I don't want to like, think about it that way. But like, even they should be able to like see the benefits for the yeah. You know, Amer- yeah, America their own gain, is essentially exactly. America is so racist. I mean, I think I think that's a big part of it. Is like uh, so a that's lot. That's the theme of today's. episode. Yeah, I guess, I guess so. I guess so. I mean, yeah. I, I like I said, I've been just reading all these things, the life expectancy, what's happening in Jackson, and then we'll get to the uh, the Dungeon and Dragons thing soon. Uh, yeah. It all compi- like I've read, and I'm sure you've read this too, that a big reason why America is so like resistant to have a decent welfare system to invest in these poor communities is because of racism and people feeling like oh if it's going to you know black people you know like it's not a good investment because they're doing it to themselves or what i don't know whatever people who are racist think you know what i mean it's so it's so sick like exactly it's so america is so selfish Jesus. and so yeah america is so selfish and so resistant to invest in its like you know in in itself that it's like literally killing itself it's like it's like it's like if you have three marshmallows and then you share one marshmallow then you get 10 marshmallows back but you're so selfish that you don't share any so you only have three marshmallows you know what i mean like you're shooting yourself you're literally shooting yourself you're shooting yourself in the foot just so you can be selfish like that is how selfish america is and i was looking into like who because like i said it's gotten to kind of complicated like the blame game looking into it and um it's kind of interesting so the, the the water utility company is unlike other utility companies like it's kind of like they're more a little bit more private oriented where they have to kind of invest their own resources into developing the the infrastructure and the government in mississippi kind of put these sort of they they, they put controls on the price changes for water because they don't want obviously a private corporation who has a monopoly on the water to charge super high prices and result in no one being able to get any water uh, and and what what ended up happening was that it kind of became like it just like the more I was digging into it, the more there were like layers of collapse. Like people were mm-hmm. some people some people weren't getting any water bills. Some people like this was for the past several years. Some people weren't getting water bills. Some people were getting uh-huh. some people were getting massive water bills. Some people were literally told by the city council to pay what they thought they owed. Just pay whatever you feel like you, you should you should pay. And that then now makes it, me like so angry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the end result is now the water utility companies like, hey, we don't have any money and they're saying it's the government's fault for not letting them raise prices enough. They're saying you know, I don't know I don't I don't think of it that way. I I, I mean obviously the government has a responsibility here, but this is um Jackson, Mississippi, uh, uh, one of many cities throughout America that has seen a, a dramatic decline in tax revenue for you know people moving out of these these smaller, poorer cities. White flight. Some people, you know, it's the same phenomenon as like in Detroit and stuff. For me, I think it's obvious this is a, a situation since it's happening all around America. It's not just Jackson; it's all around America. It's definitely something that like the federal government needs to do, to do. Yep. And I know Joe Biden's been like flexing, like, yeah, we just passed an infrastructure bill, um, and you know that's great, cool. Hopefully that money gets to Jackson sooner than later. But it's like, 
it's just like it's just shockingly like stupid it's just shockingly stupid and careless and callous that it got to this point in the first place yeah yeah america's a joke so that's yeah. how it feels like so yeah <laughs> like yeah. i know america has some great great things and yeah. i'm grateful yeah but it, you know yeah. I, I mean i guess i'm blessed that a lot of this doesn't affect me yeah um, i mean i th- i think it's i think it's i think there's lots of different ways to analyze why is america so fudged up um and I, but i do think one kind of very simple story part of the equation is like I live in New York City. In New York City, I can drink the tap water without even using a filter. It's all very clean and stuff. It's, it's actually really good tap it's water. Very, yeah, it's very good tap water. Which surprised me when I first moved to New York. I'm like, what the... Yeah, exactly. And so, a, a, a part of that is obviously like we just are, happen to be close to like these these mountains where there's like rivers and stuff, whatever. Oh, blah, that's blah, blah. interesting. Because I would have yeah. thought that like since New York is like this densely populated, a huge city, like there'd be a lot of pollution and just be oh, like unsafe to absolutely. drink. But- yeah, there is a lot of pollution, but in New York, I do pay high taxes, uh, which I'm, which is a no-brainer. It's like, of course, like if my choices are pay lower taxes, but then there's going to be parts of New York that you have to boil water in order yeah. to drink water. It, I don't know, like, like it's just it's, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. Like I'm, I like just take t- tax as much as you, you you need. And like I said, like. Lots of people will point to the low GDP per capita in Jackson, Mississippi and say, look, this community doesn't have the money to, to raise taxes, to pay higher price for water, to, to invest in better water infrastructure. Uh, and the answer to that is absolutely just like that is absolute bullshit. One, because they are in the wealthiest country in the world where there's other states and cities with an excess amount of wealth that can help chip in there. And two, even just within Jackson, Mississippi itself, um, it's still like a wealthier city than a lot of countries around the uh, around the world that have clean running water. So it's just like layers of frustration and stupidity, and the end result is you see life expectancy in the United States plummeting, and there's a lot of debate: why is it plummeting? Why is life? What's going on? Is you know, and the answer is how could it not be plummeting? Honestly, right. So <sighs> exactly. I know this got serious. We were talking about autism and Harry Styles earlier, but I just, I just got like I said, I got these two news pieces, and I was we, like, we all need it. We all need a wake up call, guys. I was, like, I was raging, raging. This is the punk revolution. is is not just about punk music. You know? No, that's a part of it. That's a part of it. Um, it's a, it's a big part of it. But the dumbass country couldn't vaccinate its people and can't give people water. Of course, the life expectancy is going to plummet. Awesome. Uh, all right, so Sophie, any thoughts before we go into our last segment, which is also about racism? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think I think you really put it perfectly. And okay, I think we're ready to go on. So let's okay, get into the Dungeons and Dragons racism lore. I would I would say that um, I would say that Dungeons and Dragons is a a non-binary topic. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, it's, it's supposed we, to be. We got it. We got to get a non-binary topic in there. I'd say so. Um, so anyways yeah so dungeons and dragons for those of you who aren't familiar it's a a board game a game it's a role-playing game board game it's yeah it's like a role-playing game i think a card yeah i don't yeah i've never actually played it but my brothers play it and my dad plays it there's manuals all over my house um yeah um I my understanding that is there there's like playing sheets and there's also like a die that's like really complex and I it's I don't think it's like an actually a, I don't think it's actually a board game but there's like I think there may be cards involved um gotcha someone correct me if I'm wrong but I think there are but I I mean one I mean, one thing I know for sure is that it's a it's a fantasy game you role play as wizards and Cthulhu and whatever other crap you want to do Elves. and I Elves, yeah, and I lo- I love all that stuff. But one thing that Dungeons and Dragons, the Dr- Dungeons and Dragons community is well aware of, um, and just people who are into like fantasy as a genre of video games and and art and stuff, is that fantasy, you know, they get they they you create these universes with a lot of lore, and a lot of the times these these this this lore involves like different races of like elves and different wizards, oh, like that, you know, God. and. Yeah, and like you know, 
as time has gone time has gone by lots of these communities dungeon dragon communities all all these different kind of communities have come to terms with like you know what that was kind of fishy that was kind of you know a little fishy of us to kind of do these kind of like complicated weird racial conflicts within this lore that kind of reflects in rate and like in ways that kind of just feel a little bit racist even though it's like fake races like they kind of might have parallels to real races that are like actually racist racist fantasies basically yeah yeah and 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 you know my perspective is now the dungeons and dragons community even though it has probably been like male dominated and white male dominated it does seem to be a more diverse community now seems like there's probably a lot of like trans people or queer people involved I'm I'm sure I'm, I'm sure I'm just taking a wild guess here. We're taking a wild guess yeah. that there's, yeah I don't I don't know um, I wonder what I don't know. Anyways, um, we'll, we'll maybe we need another autism study on Dungeons and Dragons and oh, the way good they. Oh, good point. Good point. We'll 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 talk to we'll send a report to the Journal of Autistic Studies. Um, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> all right. Um, anyways. Uh, so basically, what happened was Dungeons and Dragons rele- uh, they they released this new book with additional lore to the Dungeons and Dragons universe, and they they included lore about what's this 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 race called the hold on let me pull it up sorry it's it's a weird uh, the the Hadozi race and the Hadozi race according to the Dungeons and Dragons Wikipedia is also known as deck apes or oh winged deck deck apes. If and they are... If you have, like, humanoid apes, you, you're going to run into some problems. Yeah, if, yeah. And, you know, you know, like, that's just, like, a no-no. Yeah, you should probably avoid... You should probably avoid um, that. But it gets worse because with the new lore that was released, basically this ape-like race... Uh, the lore of this race is essentially they were enslaved by wizards and they eventually escaped slavery and took like an elixir that made them bigger and more powerful and then started spawning more of their own race in order to get revenge on the wizards or something like that. And there's like pictures of the apes. I don't know. It's just basically long story short, there's lots and lots of parallels here to Basically, it's, it seems like some dude who is, like, literally a neo-Nazi and wrote out some weird, like, racist fantasy. Like, it sounds like a Hitler, you know, like, literally, yeah. like, hit, like a, like a, like a com- conspiracy theory about the Atlantic slave trade. Um, Wait, okay, so the wizards were the ones enslaving these people? Yes. I just you, even, it just occurred to me, like, wizards, like, sound like, you know, like, the KKK, too. Yeah, yeah, that's actually a good, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, there's lots and lots of, um... Lots and lots of parallels. And uh, Dungeons and Dragons, they released this apology statement, which is like very, very like, it says like, we have failed you. We are so sorry. We are trying so hard to be inclusive. Throughout our history, we've known in, you know, in the past, we our, our lore was offensive and we are working so hard to overcome that history. And that's all great. Those are all true statements. I'm glad they're, they're apologizing and stuff. And they said they, rem- they removed yeah. the, 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 con- the content regarding the Hadouzi race, Hadouzi race. And, but there's one thing that I have a pretty big issue with the apology le- uh, letter, which is they, they said they're like deeply, extremely sorry, but they didn't say what like what was actually racist about the Hadozi cards and the lore and to you and me Sophie it might seem obvious mm-hmm. like this is obviously just like a parallel to the Atlantic slave trade but I th- you know I saw a lot of people reacting to this saying okay I see the apology uh where's what what what, what was actually racist I looked into it I couldn't find anything racist Oh, that's the issue with like PR apologies. Exactly. Like I, they, 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 they didn't want to like they wanted to just give the gentle, uh, like corporate safe apology where they say they're sorry. Without taking like any accountability, yeah. or, like actually like educating people on like the mistake they made. Yeah, exactly. Because like if they admit like if they actually like spell out in detail like what specifically they did that was offensive. They're just gonna get in more trouble. So they're, of course, they're not gonna do it. But it's it's like lame it's, and weak. It's ne- it's actually necessary. Like yes, it might be. Ooh, if we say what's if we say what's racist about it, maybe yeah, exactly. There's gonna be backlash because we said it. No, you gotta you gotta oh, you gotta own it. You gotta say because what has happened here is now you got 
people who are more academic, intellectual, who are just disgusted by the intense amount of racism in this lore, who are like, yeah, thank God you apologized. And then you have a lot of other people, which is actually a lot of people, a lot of people who, who might actually be black Americans who are looking into this and they're saying, um, I don't actually see the racist parallels here. I'm not so sure. Because they didn't even like... Because they, they didn't even say what was racist. They didn't. Like, they didn't... No. In their apology. No, you... Ha- so, of course, people are going to be like, why Why did you... Yeah. Why, what's racist? Exactly. Because of course, they're going to ask questions because you provided no context whatsoever. Exactly. And and now you have a lot of people saying, oh, my goodness, this is cancel culture. Go too far. You can't even include... F-. And now the right is just going to get more... Exactly. They're saying, they're saying, like, <sighs> oh, you, you can't even include a fictional race that looks like a monkey Uh, what's so racist about a monkey you're just you're the one who's being racist by saying that monkeys are somehow racist you know what i mean like and 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 it sounds stupid but uh i do think that you know understanding understanding this history and understanding even if you know it it, it, it's super super it's important and a lot of people don't know it and like and like especially like in creative yeah exactly when you're like creating lore or like do making art or something like yeah exactly so i think it's a, a great a great sign that corporations now are like at least have like stepped in the right direction of being able to remove racist lore and apologize for it but they need to get go even further and like spell out this is what they owe it to pe- they owe it to the people yeah, who like are fans exactly and they owe it to they owe it to people who they're being racist to cuz now you're just getting you're just getting people more like pissed off which will like engender more racist like resentment situation yes exactly yeah and they also like have the platform and like an opportunity to actually do some good and like tell people you know yeah they but, exactly they do which would probably even be better pr for them in the long run anyway but you know, of course, yeah, yeah. They, they, they did. They chose not to do that. So yeah, and I have to say they too, should hire me to fix their mistakes. Just kidding. You know, no, no. Honestly, they should hire. They should just hire like at least one black person. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? Just hire like. I remember like there was an incident with like Gucci. Um, this was a few years ago. Gucci like made um this like black turtleneck that like extend the neck extended to like the nose basically and it was like a pitch black turtleneck but it had like red lips where the mouth would be and it kind of resembled like uh gollywog or like some like like racist like caricatures of like black people basically um and they got a lot of backlash online um Hmm. and what they did is they issued an apology and they like actually like really like went into like why it was racist and they were like yeah we like hired this entire board of like like essentially like black people like people of color to like help like basically like diversity consultants or like people to like really like you know be involved in the process of like designing to like avoid something like this happening again and i remember the fashion community like on twitter was like pretty like happy with that response yeah you got to put your money you got to put the money where your money where your mouth is you know you can't just put a very corporate safe apology out no like just because just because you're saying like you're extremely sorry adding the word extremely doesn't change the fact that it's still like a. it's just a it's still a very corporate apology you know what i mean like it's like the corporate a corporate apology went from like we are deeply sorry we have failed you to like we are deeply super duper extremely very 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 sorry. It's like you didn't sh- you didn't change anything. You just made it sound more dramatic and mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. It made you look a little bit more pathetic. Frankly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know. And you know what? There's going to be times when you have a big corporation and like things might kind of like slip under the radar that's racist and stuff and it sucks um but you know you have to you have to like do things you have to like you have to do things you know what i mean that like you know like i i can understand a a shitty horrible mistake kind of slipping under the radar it's it's hard you know like there's racists out there that want to just ruin the fun for everybody but um i don't know like like, I, i don't know i agree it's like just 
I don't know, a sensitivity consultants or whatever. I don't know. It might sound kind of silly, silly to other some people. To me, it sounds honestly silly, like a consulting team. But apparently, it's something that's actually necessary because how they need someone on their team to come up with a good name for that team so that they don't get clowned on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. For me, like with all this stuff, it's like the the language is so important. Yeah, like yeah. the the way you articulate these things can like really affect how like you know people perceive it because like for example like if you're like talking about leftist rhetoric to like a conservative who is like you know familiar with like leftist buzzwords if you're able to um say the same stuff in a different way uh that appeals to conservative if like you're not using these buzzwords like you might actually be able to convince them exactly exactly like if you're gonna you when you're if you have like some sort of like diversity team or like um, whatever, like you need to, f- you should find a way to like describe that um, without using buzzwords that are like popular on the internet. Yeah, um, seriously. Yeah. So that you don't alienate more people. Yeah, seriously. I mean, it's unfortunately people are really tribalistic and stupid. Where they they see yes, exactly. They see one. That, that's how you combat. That's how you combat this issue. Yeah, they see one leftist buzzword in an apology letter, and then all of a sudden, they al- stop reading. Alarms go they, off in their head. And they're like, "Oh, this is just politically incorrect bullshit." And the thing is, is like this was all. I found this on Twitter, and Twitter is not a good representative of like. America. Twitter actually is more left-wing than the average American, but the replies to this on Twitter, the most of, most of the replies were people saying, oh, come on, this is going too far now. People are being too strict with what we do and everything is racist now. Uh, even though, obviously, you know, to, to Sophie and I who looked into it, like, the, the racist parallels are, like, overwhelming. <laughs> you know? Literally, yeah. All you have to do is, like, take the time to read it into it, but... They didn't readily provide that information because they're trying to cover their asses. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have anything else to say about this, but um, I, yeah, so I, I mean, I had, pisses I, me off. Yeah, I guess uh, this was kind of an angsty episode. I didn't, I didn't realize going into this we episode. We need it though. We yeah, need I guess it. so. We need it. Yeah. Sometimes the news is we dark. We gotta be real. We yeah. gotta be real because that's yeah. news is, news is news. You know. The news is news. news is sad, and we yeah. wanna g- give you. I mean. We may or may not have like broke like one of the most important stories ever. Yeah, um, yeah, that was a thing that happened. So that was a thing. Yeah, that was a thing that happened. So like. Yeah. Now, now we're know, serious. Now people. We're, people we... we're. We needed to have a little bit of a serious episode to show you guys like we're serious about journalism. Yes. And like sometimes like we're not gonna like tie it up in a pretty pink bow to make it more appealing. Like we're gonna we're gonna give you the news. We're going to give you the news. Whether you like it or not. So. I, hope, I hope some people actually listening to this find this podcast actually a little bit informative. Um, yeah, I think you did an amazing job, Kyle. Thank you. I, pre- I think you do an amazing job every time. So Thank you. Um, alrighty. Um, maybe, maybe, Sophie, next episode we're going to do a little bit more of a, a meme episode, right? We'll do a little bit more memes, a little bit more fun. Okay? A little bit more so, fun. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. We Alrighty. Promise. Yeah. But thanks so much for listening, everybody. We really appreciate. We got tons of ratings and subscribers now. We're getting. Uh, Thank you so much. Pretty, it helps like a ton. Yeah. To like boost the algorithm. Basically. Yeah. No, we're getting we're getting more listeners like every episode, and it's very exciting. And we have lots of ambitions with this show. So and we might have a very special episode next week. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just saying. So that's something to keep on the radar. Yeah. Um, Epic. It's it's gonna be epic, okay? So yeah. Alrighty, well, thanks for listening, everybody. This has been your week's Thank news, you. based news network.